Hey there, welcome to Bound Together. We are two friends and two self-published authors who took different paths in life but kept in touch and kept on writing. My name is Sarah Gray and I chose corporate career while Laura Catherine went full on family. This is all about how we approach writing in our two different worlds, the struggles, the positives and how we keep the writing flames alive. Hi Sarah. Hey Laura. How's it going? Good. I missed a word in that. Did you? And then I tried to stop myself from laughing. <laughs> I didn't notice. I like, just so, go, just go. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm sure no one else did either. I mean, yeah, I definitely pointed it out. So <laughs> it has been a while. I don't remember last time we recorded, but it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, so we're super close to uh, a specific, a uh, special event yes. in uh, every writer's life. <laughs> in every writer's <laughs> life, yes. <laughs> when this episode comes out, it will almost be the end of November. I mean, the end of October. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, what month are we in? Almost the start of November. And November, as everybody knows, is Nano. The big Nano. The, the nano where you can't pick your own word count and you have to do 50,000 words. Yeah, the OG. And nano is national, what is it? National Novel Writing Month. Yep. That's the one. It originated in November. So the November one is always 50,000 words. And then the other two that we do earlier in the year are camp nanos where you can choose your own word count. So this is always the one that's like the scariest one for us because we usually pick one. very yeah. low word counts so that we can overcome them and feel really good about ourselves and yeah. committing this to fifty k. This one's a genuine challenge. What yeah, is it, is it sixteen hundred and sixty seven? Yeah, a day yep. to make fifty k by the end of the month. Which, yes. if you have a job. And study and kids and a life. <laughs> Pretty freaking hard. Yes. I've I've done it before. Before yeah. kids. I don't know if I've done it since I've had kids. But we like, defi- you definitely have, because I'm, we've been doing them for a while. We've been doing them and failing them, but who cares? This is still the same thing. Yes. Like I'm I'm guaranteed I reckon I'm gonna fail it. But I'm st- like I'm still gonna write heaps. That's a terrible way to start. I mean I'm going to write a lot of words. It's just not probably going to be enough to like win. Yeah. So then I'll feel bad about myself, even though I may write like 30,000 words. I'll still be like, I didn't make it to 50 though. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the the strategy that I take now is I have to be there on day one because quite often we go on a holiday and plan it at the start of November and so you miss out on time so I've got to be there straight away but I have to try and I try and do the word count really early on to keep up and then if you get to the first weekend usually that's when I can catch up or or like get ahead and I feel like if you're ahead on the first week yeah, it gives you You've that got loads room. of room to move. Yeah, yeah, because things are going to pop up, and you think you're going to be able to write on X day, and you can't, or you go down, you go to write, and you can't get anything out. So that's what I'm trying to do, and then I always make up more on the weekends. Yep, I will just be doing it when I can, <laughs> which means oh, I'm, I'm going to stop editing. It. I'm winning in November. This. I'm getting it. <laughs> 
I've had far too many losses in my writing career. Not not going to happen. <laughs> so what so are you writing? Should... What are you doing for Nano? Yeah. I was going to say, we should talk about what we're picking to write for Nano. So yep. I have decided that I'm going to write a whole new book, which I have already outlined. It is the second book in my Cozy Fantasy series. So mm-hmm. my Cozy Fantasy Enemies to Booksellers, which is hopefully coming out next year, um, is going to be part of a series where different characters but set in the same city, same world. And so, like, old characters will kind of pop back up, but it's, like, focusing on two new characters and their yeah. story or one character and their story. So for that, I'm, yeah, I'm writing the second book in that series. I had plotted it out. I plotted it out like a couple of months ago. Like I think once I finished the first draft of Enemies to Booksellers, I was like in that mindset still of like, I'm really excited about this. And I just went and plotted out a whole second book. So it's ready to go. So I'm very excited about that. And I think you've got a good shot at actually finishing it. Because remember what happened last time you wrote this cozy fantasy? You did it so quickly. Yeah. And I'm not even sure it was for a nano. No, I it was the end of a nano when I started it. It was halfway mm. through a nano when I started it. Yeah, you it. like changed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. it only took me like six weeks maybe to write the first draft of Enemies to Booksellers. Yeah. So, so I think you'll like be fine. I think you only... get obsessed with it and you'll yeah. not be able to put it down. That's the hope is that I get just <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> yeah. When I, I think it. that'll happen. Um, what so I'm also writing a book from scratch. Uh, I have recently been totally obsessed with ice dancing, so figure skating, but ice dancing is a specific um, category yep. of like ice skating. Um, so I've kind of thought of some plot points because we know that I don't, um, I'm a pantser. So I've got some ideas of, of how it's going to go, but I'm going to try and, um, going to try and finish it we'll see is it is it a romance cuz i feel like for like there's a lot of skating ice skating ice hockey books out at the moment and they're all yeah. like romance spicy books i think it's definitely not spicy it's not spicy at all i think it will have a romance plotline but i think it's not going to be mm, i'm not i'm not 100% sure but we'll find out <laughs> um but there'll definitely be a romance in it but i think it will be a lot of the sport and um maybe like an underdog story Ooh, I like um that. yeah so in my mind I immediately out. pictured dodgeball and blades of glory having yeah. like a baby <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see what happens you know um I've got a couple of characters I've got two characters um a guy and a girl and a coach uh and we'll see what happens Excellent, excellent. I cannot wait to yeah. see how that goes. So good luck to us. Yeah. Um, yep. Everyone wish really us fine. much luck and <laughs> we'll do maybe an update in our next episode yeah. um, about how we went. We are also planning on taking a little break over November because we're doing Nano. So there won't be any podcast episodes coming out in November, but then we're back in yeah. December. Yeah. So just so you are aware, <laughs> in two weeks' time after this one comes out, you're like, where's the next episode? Because I know you're all dying every two weeks. You're just like, where is the next Bound Together episode? Of course they are. I am. And I'm here when I listen, <laughs> when I record the I've podcast. already experienced it. 
So yeah, so we're taking um, a break for November and then we'll be back cool. in December for our last two episodes of the year and then it'll be the next year. Yeah, which is very the next exciting. year. So what are we uh what's our what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about villains because everyone love hates a villain. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I do love hate villains. There's yeah. There are the villain is like there's a spectrum of villain. There's, you know, the most evil of evil villain. There's like morally grey villain. And then there's like, I don't know, is there like good villain? There's like villain that's not really a villain? Or is that just a moral? I suppose you can villain? go from a villain to a non villain. True. That's like redemption arc for some yeah. villains. Yeah. So Or you could have the misunderstood villain who you think is a villain and then they become not a villain. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Every villain is the hero of their own story, is the saying. So that's like Every time yeah. I read stuff about, like, how to write a good villain, it's always, like, write your villain as if they were the hero and that the hero is, like, the villain to them, which I think is just so yeah. cool. You just, your villain is, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, to us, like, oh, I'm you're taking over the world and you want to destroy everything, but to them they're, like, well, no, I'm I'm making a better a better world and the villain and the hero is trying to stop me from creating this utopia that it's going to make everyone really happy. <laughs> Yeah, or at least them. Yeah, or at least them. And they're all got their own, like, baggage and trauma. And often it's – often the villain is got a very similar backstory or trauma to the hero, and it's kind of like a a, a sliding doors moment. Like, yeah. the could've hero could have easily way. been the villain or the villain could have easily been the hero if they just, like, had different choices in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I think um, a villain for me, I think they're sometimes called antagonists. So they, they're they designed to basically antagonize your protagonist or your yeah. main character, like get in the way, um, get in the way of their goals, make things difficult for them. Yeah. Um, when so- you look at plot structure, a lot of it's like the first half of the book is the villain doing stuff to the hero and the hero just reacting to what the villain is doing and then you get to the second half and the hero is like kind of doing the the change and then they start acting on the villain and the villain's reacting to them mm. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i suppose so <laughs> oh no that was like yeah and i thought you were gonna keep going and you didn't you had a look on your face that was like, I'm going to say something. And then you were just like, mm, yep. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I think, when, like, even when we talk about villains, sometimes you think superhero villain versus superhero. But I think there's lots, there's lots more to it. Like you said before, there's a spectrum. And... Obviously, a villain doesn't even have to be someone who, like, is physically hurting you. Mm. That's true. The villain doesn't even need to be a physical person, I suppose. Like, the the villain could be just, like, an event or something that's happening. Which is less less fun, I guess. 
I feel, do you have a favorite type of villain that you like to read? I, uh, if I were to read one, I like a morally gray one, one where you're constantly going, are they the villain or are they <laughs> not? I and I think them? because they do good things and they do bad things, mm. you're kind of like always on your toes going, I don't know what to make of this person. It comes, I think it comes from like that whole like bad boy trope in like TV shows and books. It's like, oh, I can fix them. They're bad, but they've got like yeah. slightly redeemable qualities, which make them yeah. attractive. Because <laughs> yeah. often morally gray villains become love interests. Yeah. I think those ones that you can see, I mean, for me, there's like, that one there's that morally gray one of of they're so close to like people that you know or like a normal person or the protagonist and you're like constantly questioning your morals and and what they're doing um and then there's the other one which are just terrifying psychos like yeah just so alien that they're just terrifying yeah I think you know what they're gonna do yeah I think I love a morally gray villain but I think my favorite kind of villain is just that one that is yeah so evil that it's just so frustrating to like just read them like you hate them yourself with a passion and you cannot stand to read them because they are just so well written as a villain they're just like you're like I hate you I want to like I want you to stop doing what you're doing yeah, that's, I think, my favourite kind of villain. The frustrating villain that's just, yeah, really well written. Really evil. Yeah. Just doing all those things that, like, really great on you. Yeah. And sometimes I think the like, the villain's doing, the villain's really interesting because, I mean, no one's perfect. Like, in general life, no one's perfect. Like, we mm-hmm. all make mistakes and, and do dumb things and, Sometimes we do bad things as well. So I think it's really interesting to look at a villain and see them as a person mm-hmm. that is just like you, that does, that makes mistakes um, and then follow their journey <laughs> as to whether they course correct or not. Yeah. I think some of those are quite interesting. That's true. I do those. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Do you want to talk about? some examples of villains that we like don't like are just generally good villains that have a lasting impact whether that be good or bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you want to go first or you want me to go first uh you can go first all right so the first one i'm going to talk about is so there's a book called imogen obviously which is mm-hmm. the story about um, a girl in uni who, or who's about to start uni next year and she's part of this world where her friends and her sister are all queer in some way. They're lesbians, they're bisexuals, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about her discovering that she's a bisexual after thinking that she's been straight her entire life mm-hmm. and there's a character in it who is actually one of her best friends. And I wouldn't like, she's, I don't even know if you'd like say that she's the villain of the story, 
but she is so unbelievably frustrating. She's a villain in the way that she's, her name is Gretchen and she's Imogen's, one of Imogen's like closest friends who is bi. And the way that Gretchen talks to Imogen makes her very villainous because as Imogen is trying to discover who she is, Gretchen is very much like, I'm the only bisexual. She's put Imogen in a box being like, you are straight. And anything that you say that otherwise is just like you projecting or you're doing the wrong thing. You're being inconsiderate to other people's queerness by thinking you're queer. Mm. Yeah. And every conversation in that book when Imogen would talk to her and Gretchen would just shut her down about like her sexuality and stuff was just infuriating. And it's like Imogen's kind of the kind of character who's like, oh, well, Gretchen knows what she's talking about because she's bi and she's gone through this kind of thing. So she's Mm. like, oh, maybe I'm not actually queer. Maybe I am doing these things that she's telling me I'm doing. I'm just like projecting that, thinking I'm queer when I'm not queer kind of thing. And, it yeah, it's just so infuriating reading that character talking to the main character like that and you're just like, oh, my God, stop. Yeah. And, like, that's pretty cruel. Yeah. And so Imogen has a younger sister who's um, a lesbian and she calls her out, uh, calls out Gretchen like a couple of times, but like other people, like Imogen defends Gretchen, I guess. Cause like, you know how you, you're like, you're friends with someone for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, they're not bad all the time, but yeah. you also get that in your head of like, oh, they're doing something bad, but like, they're also really good and they're my friends. So I'm defending them kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of that in the book. So yeah, Gretchen yeah. is a character that is, I would say she's a villain in this story because yeah. she's like. Sounds like a psychological villain. Yeah, a psychological villain. And yeah, one of those villains that I love that is absolutely infuriating and I hate. <laughs> yeah. And she's definitely antagonizing your main character uh, yeah. who's trying to find out who she is. And yep. yeah. That's my first villain. And she's trying to get in the way. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Okay, the one I picked, um, mm. my first one, my first villain. I actually quite like this villain. Uh, so I picked the Darkling from Shadow and Bone. <gasps> Surprise. <laughs> that's a good villain. Yeah, really interesting villain. I actually think, I think that the, whenever I think of Shadow and Bone, I think of both the book and the Netflix TV <laughs> And <series>. Ben Barnes. <laughs> And yeah, so I think Ben Barnes is now connected to it, him. But I think uh, with that story, you've got somebody who uh, you don't necessarily know is the villain straight away. Hmm. Uh, and you get to spend time with him and get to see who he is through the perspective of uh, the main character. Um, and it's not, and so you get to know him and you, you kind of, um, I think, especially in the Netflix series, or more so in the Netflix series, yeah, you get more of a chance to know him as a, as an interesting, nice person trying to kind of save everybody from the fold, mm. um, and then obviously, spoiler alert, for those <laughs> spoiler that, we're definitely going to have to spoil everything here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so if you haven't read it, just skip past this. Um, Obviously, he turns and we find out that uh, 
he's actually created all of the chaos uh, and is a very bad person and just wants to rule the world. Yes. I think they they humanise him a lot more in the TV show than they do in the book. Like there's a lot more sympathy for him I had in when watching the show than reading the story. Definitely. He's, he comes and across I think in the, the show. Season and, is probably. Yeah. He comes across as this, like, misunderstood more so in the show. Like, he's th- like he yeah, thought like he was lonely. trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he, like, wants to kind of make up for it, but he's going about it all the wrong ways. Yeah. See, if we knew that he was doing the things that he was doing from the start, we wouldn't like him at all. Mm. And then we probably wouldn't care as much as we do yeah but because they they gave him to us served him on a platter as a regular person trying to do something good well not regular but you a know. regular hot person because you're also seeing it through a powerful magician she guy <laughs> she's like he hot and so we're all like he hot and good <laughs> yeah yeah but he does things like he saves the main character um and then he really tries to like he's there when she's getting to know her magic and trying to help her with it so he really does seem like somebody that is helping her and that is worthy of our love and then he takes it all away yes (laughs) what's that um but I think you can also see why he's done the things that he's done as well yeah because the whole like um what are they called? The people with powers? Grisha. Yeah, the Grisha are like clearly very mistreated by regular people. So like you totally get why he's doing what he's doing. He's like trying to defend his people from yeah. like the bad humans. But then it's yeah, and- kind of in the mindset of like every human is bad and Grisha are like the good ones kind of thing. Is yeah. there like there's no middle ground? It's not like yeah. some people are actually okay with you guys. It's like, no, we hate everyone. We're going to kill everyone unless you're Grisha. Yeah. And I don't think, I can't remember if they did this in the book, but I remember the book not having as much stuff in it um, as the TV series does. But in the TV series, they uh, show him with a love interest a long time ago who gets killed um, and he tries to save her and the the people coming after him kill her and then there must be regular people regular like the regular army yeah who don't like Grisha because they're coming after Grisha I and I think that's a big part of the tv series one Mm, I don't remember if it's in the book no I don't think it is actually I think there's this is why I always talk about it I have to talk about them together because I know the Netflix season better than I do the book they changed a lot of stuff like the whole ending but yeah He's a pretty good villain. He's a good villain. That's a good villain. Mm-hmm. My second villain I want to talk about is another so good a villain that you hate them. Not good as in, like, they're a good person. Like, they're so bad it's good. And that is yep. Professor Umbridge in Harry Potter. Yes. And this is also, like, like in the book, also like, absolutely infuriating. The actress in the films just perfectly so portrayed good. her oh. 
Like I hate her more than oh, I hate Voldemort. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Just you saying the name, I'm like, ugh. Which is not yeah. the same as my darkling reaction. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> like just but someone like- who is just so unbelievably spiteful about stuff and like literally tortures children. Yeah. <laughs> literally tortures people is just like you just hate them so much and you just it's that like you know that they're going to get their comeuppance at some point so you're just like Mm -hmm. I cannot wait for this person to fall because I hate them so much yeah and I think because she's wrapped up in this um like exterior package of being a sweet sort of like middle-aged slightly older teacher who who normally you know I guess it's kind of tea and stuff yeah kind of like um subverting the idea of that character where normally they'd be very nice and gentle and I think you take one look at her and you're like oh she's probably a nice person and then no (laughs) but like like yeah like you said physically torturing children like she doesn't she like scratch that cut yeah she like makes him write with a quill that scratches out it like cuts into his hand she's like extremely racist to like all magical creatures like she's just the worst of the worst yeah like there's there's nothing redeemable about her she's kind of like one of those complete psycho ones right she's got her um her mission and she's following that and that's all she's there to do and does not waver from her goal yeah at all and she doesn't respect the children at all which i think makes it then so satisfying when like they have their fall like when she gets you know like what happens to her in the book she gets taken off by centaurs in the forest i can't actually remember was it demental no centaurs because she was like insulting them because they were like half breeds to her oh yes because all the kids yes. are like in the forest and they're like and yeah and all the centaurs just like ran off with her she's yeah oh, every time like oh my god people will know mm. people will know I literally yeah. saw a meme the other day on Instagram that was like, it was like a burning building meme and the person ran in and on the floor was like Voldemort and Umbridge and the person ran out with Voldemort because they would rather leave Umbridge to die than... <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And I wonder if there's, like, because I kind of think about Professor Umbridge being a woman and then Voldemort being a man. Like, arguably Voldemort is the worst character yeah, but you know how kind of like society doesn't always like women and treat them very well. I wonder if the fact that she is a woman as well um, just makes her because because her her actions are like not feminine at all. Mm. So I wonder if that kind of counts towards her evilness and why we see her as so shockingly evil because because it seems like she should be something else it's almost like we expect something else and she's in this package that should be like gentle and feminine and Mm. she's like super evil whereas like Voldemort's in a a package where he has no nose and he just looks (laughs) evil and you just know if you walked if you passed him in the street you'd be like dude is evil yeah I can see that from a mile away yeah kind of thing and hey and yeah I wonder if that has, yeah, plays into it. That's very interesting. That's very Because I don't have the same reaction when you, like, Voldemort's, yeah, he's bad. You're like, yeah, that's a bad guy. 
But there's like, I have a literal like cringe reaction to hearing Umbridge's name. Yeah. What about Malfoy? I feel like Malfoy falls into like Darkling territory almost because he's bad. He's bad with redeemable qualities. But yeah, and then he kind of redeems, he has moments of redemption. It's because, and then, like, depending how far you read, if you've read fan fiction, he may have got really bad or really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because he's portrayed as bad the whole time, until like until the killing of Dumbledore. Was that book six? Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> oh my god! If you ever read Harry Potter by now, like you're, <laughs> I think people haven't. But yeah, like you get to see more of his story realizing that like yeah he's been tasked with trying to kill Voldemort and he doesn't want to kind of thing and and even in the last book you see like him helping out them when they get caught up in his house Bellatrix's house yeah and I think with him you're never quite sure because he is a child so here's the thing is like is it possible for him to be a villain when he's a, a literal child being yeah. influenced by adults and like the most evil person in the world? Yeah, his like whole, he doesn't have whole... autonomy yet, so it's yeah. it's like it's almost reason... like when he a bit later on grows up, he's still stuck in that situation, but he's obviously able to have some moments, yeah, of redemption. It's because he's like his father is evil. He's he's put in Slytherin, which is like everyone just assumes you're in Slytherin, you're evil. <laughs> and yeah, he's just given this label of evil before he's even done anything evil. Like it's yeah. like he acts that yeah, way that's because a good point. of the yeah. the way other people perceive him and have acted towards him. Yeah. And yeah, and he's yeah, that's true. Yeah. He is a bit of a bully. I mean, he's quite he is racist to the half-bloods. Yes, but that is also like a family thing shoved down his throat, I suppose. Mm, when your father's yeah. a death eater and you like it, grown up he being still does like, it. I'm forgiven, bloods bro. are bad. What about um Professor Snape? He was like never Interesting. Evil. <laughs> he was always good and just pretending to be evil. Yeah. So we always thought that he was a villain. He acted a certain way because he had to. Yeah. In order to keep up appearances. Yeah. But I suppose he was a Death Eater by choice at one point to begin with. Yeah. And he really changed his mind because Harry's mum was going to be killed. Yeah. So true. You choose to be evil to begin with. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the other, you know, the I came up with a bad villain. Obviously, yep. we're going two thousands young adult, um, because that's the era that I remember. But I was gonna bring up the Twilight villains slash yeah, multiple villains at different times. Specifically to say how, uh, to like use them to show how poorly they're written and they're really not, um, they're really not central to the story. They're kind of tacked on. They are so tacked on. 
You don't even yeah. hear about them and, until and, like later on in the series. Yeah. And so they're not there like doing their antagonizing from the start. They get thrown in near the end because it's like, oh, we need some plot. We need some fear. We And then we need to resolve it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what, are, what are we here for? Kind of thing. So uh, I remember Victoria and James are the first two. And then towards the end, there's the entire Volturi, which is the super old, arrogant. The vampire Illuminati. Who just, yeah, exactly. Um, Who just don't like stuff, you know? (laughs) And they're all so powerful and so, so freaking powerful but so useless to the book's plot. I barely remember them. And they, they, yeah, they're supposed to be terrifying. And, and exactly, like, that's how bad they are. We can't even remember how terrifying they are. Like, I remember far more about the Harry Potter villains because they have that kind of, they've got a purpose. Yeah. They're either absolute psychos or they've got some redeemable qualities. And that makes both of them memorable. These ones aren't, I think they're supposed to be absolute psychos. Is one of them a child? (laughs) And like, I feel like that's like such a trope of like a a vampire child is supposed to be super freaky because they're like fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. They're just really messed up. (laughs) Yeah. But really they're like a thousand years old, just in a child's body. Yeah. To be honest, that is weird. I do remember like, Victoria in the first book literally comes in at the end um, and is trying to get to get at them and then she just disappears. Like I think she turns up at the um, prom at the end and then she's just like she's just like this threat on the outside. You know, you don't get to know who they are. I think is mm. one thing. Um, it's just something that's talked about. Yeah, they just use like plot a, points. A like they have no threat. personality. If you don't do something, then the Voltari will come after you. And like, I don't yeah. know what that is. <laughs> I'm just gonna do what I want. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I think they're really good examples of kind of poorer villains. As I think some of the ones we talked about before. Quite good. We villains. have like visceral reactions to. Yeah. And these ones we don't. Yes. Yeah. That's just poor writing i guess your villains gotta yeah. have it their own purpose and not just be yeah a, so it's like yeah and they filler. have to be integral to the plot as well yeah and they have to have their own personalities their own motivations their own wants and needs yeah yeah i agree we are running out of time i want to vaguely mention dane from fourth wing you've read fourth wing no, I haven't read Fourth Wing. You've read no. Fourth Wing. Okay, then I won't talk about Dane. Because <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for you. Oh, give me a quick download. Dane is uh, Violet's old friend from when they were children, and he's also in the academy with her. He uh-huh. is very – she's in love with him to begin with. Yeah. Or, like, before Zayden. And, um, but Dane is very, like – you, you are a precious, it? fragile thing and you can't do anything by yourself. 
Like every interaction is like him just being like, no, you can't do that. You're, you're, you're little and fragile and you'll die. Like, let me protect you. Yeah, so like you. another psychological villain. Which is like, he plays that role of being like the opposite of Zayden, where Zayden is like, I will train Violet to be stronger and you can protect yourself and you can do things on yeah. your own. Whereas Dane's just like, no, 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 just let me protect you. Stop doing other things. I'm going to protect you. Just be in a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying to stop the main character from finding themselves and doing what they need to do. Yes. He's very controlling in that way. And that's all I'll say on that because I don't want to spoil anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose if he's been a childhood friend... Yeah, you already kind of trust him and assume that he's going to be a good person because if, if yeah, the and she's, main character was friends with him, of course yeah, you're going to trust him. Yeah, she's got a crush him. on him. So it's like the whole Alina thing. It's like you're seeing him through the eyes of someone who's like got a crush on someone and they like a really nice person kind of thing to them. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I just thought I would mention oh. that one lastly. Because yeah. we are totally out of time before this Zoom call dies. So... I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bound Together. If you like our podcast, we'd love if you would leave us a review. It helps us to be seen by more people. You can find mine and Sarah's books at most online retailers if you look for Laura Catherine or Sarah Gray. You can find both of us on Instagram. I am at Laura Catherine Author and Sarah is at Sarah Gray Write Stuff. I am also on TikTok. I am mostly on TikTok at this point at Laura Catherine Author as well. And that was our episode on villains and on our nano goals for November. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will tell you about what we're doing in the future. We have a month off. That's what I was going to talk about. I already forgot. We have a month off next tour. Next November will be no episodes until December. And that's all I want to say. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening and bye.